Welcome to the Bridge Church Podcast. Our hope is that God would speak to you during this time. And our mission is to connect you to Jesus daily. Maybe join us for the first time or listening online. Uh, we're in the middle of a series. I say middle. We're in week two of a series called Battle Ready. Battle Ready. And so we're going to be, we're basically studying Matthew chapter four, uh, the temptation of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be there in just a few minutes uh, to learn a little bit about what that looks like. Uh, but if you notice in your seats and from the video, we are launching all of our spring small groups. And so if you want to check some of those out, uh, you're more than welcome to pull that little card out that's right underneath the connect card. If you do want to connect with us, uh, we send out email. And if you want to stay connected with us uh, after today, you can simply fill that card out and drop it off at the Connect Center as well. We'd love to help you stay connected the best we can. Uh, my name is Daniel Casanave. I'm the pastor here at the Bridge Church. We are Bible people. We are Jesus people. We are community people. And so we're going to dive into the word today. I'd like to tell people, um, if you're just listening to me, there's no power and authority there. But um, it's through Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and through His Holy Scriptures that uh, we experience His power. And so that's what we're going to do today. Y'all already got me excited. I'm preaching already. So I'm, we're going to Calm down a little bit. Um, and like I said, this um, series, Battle Ready, it is really based off the temptations. And as Christians, how do we overcome those temptations in our life? When we experience those, uh, we are based off a particular truth uh, in that. And last week, we talked about the temptation of appetite or self-dependence and that, that need, that temptation, that enticement that I need more. I can do this uh, type of mentality and how, one, that could be dangerous, but two, how do we overcome that? And so I encourage you to go back and look at that message. And today, uh, I'm going to be transparent a little bit. Is that okay? This is one of the temptations that I believe the enemy comes at me personally the most today. Um, it's one of those ones where you kind of have that in the back of your mind. And, and so I've spent years just uh, uh, receiving that temptation, but also experiencing how God has given me the power to overcome, how God's given me the power to uh, move away from that. And so I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak during this time today. And uh, then we're going to dive right in. Sound good? Very good. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth, God. God, thank you for each and every person that's uh, listening to my voice in the room or maybe online. God, I just pray that you speak during this time. God, I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. I pray that your word just becomes alive and relevant to us today as we speak. God, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Um, now, uh, some of the things I, I like to talk about is, um, I don't know about you, but does anybody in the room love long road trips? Do you love long road trips? You're like, some people in the house, if you got young kids, you're probably like, nope, nope, not at all. We are not doing that, right? Uh, but long road trips, the thing about long road trips are, uh, the first like hour and a half, it's extremely exciting, right? Like the anticipation is high, the hope is high, like this is going to be the best trip ever. And then about hour three or four, you're like, we're never doing this again, right? Like, I, I don't know what's happening. Like, don't look at me. Don't talk to me. Like, we're, we're just trying to make it through, right? And uh, but and when you're on a road trip, you have a destination. You have a plan. You have a route that you're trying to take. And doesn't it seem like, especially if you're like in January and we're trying to eat better, you know, um, it's like all of a sudden Krispy Kreme hot light is on every single exit. 
Have you ever experienced that? It's like you're just noticing all of those things. You're just like, oh, I'm, I want to eat better, but yet there's McDonald's, there's this, there's that. I don't know what maybe entice you a little bit, but as we think of that, and when I think about this series, when I think about the battle, I think that is a lighthearted way to remember that's how the enemy entices us. And if you remember our de- definition for temptation, if you're taking notes, I'd love for you, maybe you um, can, can um, write this down, but temptation is an enticement to get a person to act against God's will. And that's the enticement of saying, this is God's will, this is his plan, this is his route, but I, the, the enemy is trying to entice us, lure us away off the path, off the direction, and derail us uh, in that plan. And this entire series is based off this truth. And this truth is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says this, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than then you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So the truth is, is that with the power given to us by Jesus, we can overcome the temptations in our life. That's the truth. We're based off that. And if we believe that, uh, then when we face those temptations, is how now the question becomes how, right? If we already know that God's going to give us the power and can give us the power to do that, how do we overcome those temptations. And so what we are doing is we're going back and looking at the greatest example that you and I have, and that is Jesus himself, God in the flesh, who was fully man, yet fully God, who experienced the emotions and the the physical aspects of life, but yet he was perfect, yet he was holy, yet he was God. So he gives us how do we navigate this. And just to catch us up here in Matthew chapter 4, we see the Matthew chapter 3, Jesus was baptized and he was affirmed right there by God. And God said, this is my son who whom uh, I am well pleased. And then in Matthew chapter 4, immediately it says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. And so Jesus is in the wilderness for 40 days, this amount of testing or whatever we want to call it, for 40 days without food, and he gets tempted by the enemy. And last week we talked about the first temptation where the enemy comes and he begins to speak into Jesus's life and says, hey, I know you're hungry. I know, I know you that. Why don't you go ahead and turn that stone into bread. And Jesus rebukes him and he says, no, that, that's not what God's plan is for my life. Or this is not my will here in this moment for me to act in that way. And so then uh, the enemy doesn't stop there, right? Because the enemy, uh, he doesn't just uh, leave us alone in, in the hard times, right? He doesn't look at us and go, oh, she's having a hard day. Let me just back off a little bit, right? No, like he sees a moment, he sees the vulnerability and he says, I'm going to attack. I'm going to bounce. I'm like, this is what's going to I'm trying to derail them, as John 10, 10 says, to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come and to give life more abundantly. And so we get here in Matthew chapter 4. We get to the second temptation uh, that Jesus experiences here in Matthew uh, chapter 4, verse 5. Everybody still good? Very good. All right, verse 5, it says this. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are, remember that, if You are the son of God. Jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded. The scriptures also say you must not test 
the Lord your God. The enemy comes, and the first time he tempts Jesus, he talks about uh, Jesus' appetite, his need. Oh, you're physically hungry. Let me get you to change this. But then he gets a little crafty, right? I mean, he goes back and he pulls scripture, right? He pulls the word of God and tries to uh, give, feed it to Jesus, right? Well, I, which I think it still shows you the pride of the enemy, right? I mean, Jesus is the word made flesh, right? And yet, but he brings the word and tries to trick Jesus to go, oh, well, maybe this is what the word means. But he pulls this verse out of context to derail the plan that God has and the plan that Jesus is trying to live out. And what does he say? He says, I'm going to take you to this highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, if you are, right? If you truly are the son of God, and that's the enemy does to you and I. If you are a real man, if you were a good mom, if you were this, or if you were uh, this way at work, and he begins to accuse right here in this moment. And he does the same things to Jesus. He says, if you are the son of God, then jump off. Jump off. Prove to everyone right here, right now, that you are the son of God. Prove to everyone. Let them see right now. And he's trying to entice Jesus, right? Jesus is saying, it's not the time. This is not the way that I'm going to do it. But I want to, and the enemy's trying to entice him to do it the enemy's way, right? To pull him off God's will, God's plan. And for you and I to realize that the enemy wants you and I to go off of God's plan and to prove ourselves, he wants you and I to fight this mental battle, this mental strength to fight for approval, to really experience you going, you know what? I need people around me to know that this is who I am. I need to get my strength. I need to get my hope. I need to get my full approval from the people who are around me and not in God. And so he, for today, the title is approval. Or if you, I love this question. If you want to put this question out there will I ever be enough will I ever be enough I don't know if you've maybe asked that question before but we see this begin to happen in Jesus's life and when you and I uh, begin to uh, walk through this particular temptation remember that each temptation that we're going to talk about each week has two gutters right uh, last week we talked about the appetite where I need more I can never satisfy I need the next thing the next thing but then fear will cause me to either go to that gutter or it'll go me to it'll send me to the other gutter where I need to hoard I need to hold Hold on. I can't let go because I'm, I'm fearful of what that may look like. But for you and I, there's two gutters to approval side as well. I need you to like me. I need you to approve of me. I need you to, to approve of everything I'm doing. But then, right, if we're not careful, we can go to the complete other side, right? We have our, remember, we're picturing our car. Mine's an F-150. I don't want to know where yours are. It's Escalade. We're heading down the road, whatever it may be. Convert. Anyway, I'm just derail. Rabbit fan right there. But we're headed down the path, and he's going to try to kick us off to this gutter. Or to this gutter. And if this one's the approval side, this side is the rejection side. This is, I don't need anybody. I don't care what people think. I'm going to act the way that I act. I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to say what I say. And it doesn't even matter, right? And all of a sudden, we become completely closed off to everyone around us. And we reject everything, right? And so it, neither side is healthy, right? But it's the, the derailment, the enticement of going, oh, do I need that approval? And if I can't get that approval... Then I'm just going to go to the complete other side. I'm not going to even I'm not even going to get close to anyone to even experience. Do I need that approval or do I not? I'm just going to completely close myself off. 
so that I don't have to worry about that approval. I'm going to approve myself. I'm going to, all of these things, right? The enemy wants to try to entice us to go to one side or the other. And if we think about this in our lives, I mean, think about the innocence of kids. Uh, we, we experience this, right? Because uh, even at an early age, as soon as they begin to learn how to speak, what is it? Hey, mommy, look at this. Look at this. Watch me do this. Watch me do this, right? Like I want to jump off this 37 times. I want you to watch every single time. I want you to clap and be excited like every time, right? Or, you, or the little girl, maybe she's like, hey, will you watch this dance? Will you watch? Or look at this picture I drew. Hang it up. I want to see it. This is amazing. And they're, they're seeking naturally right there in that moment. Approval, right? But really, you and I, we do that as adults, right? We come home, and may, but here's what adults do. And for me, here's what, here's what we do. We just get really good at masking that emotion. Of, of, we don't go, ooh, ooh, look at me, look, 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 right? We just kind of mask that. We, we turn those emotions down and say, and, but on the inside, we're like, oh, I just wish you would notice how hard I worked this week. I just wish you noticed. I mean, look what I just accomplished. Look what that just, I need you to approve of that. I need you to see that. And we see that as adults, right? And we feel that temptation. And the enemy knows that. He knows how we're wired and he sneaks in. And he says, look, they don't approve of you. They don't notice anything that you are doing. You need to. And if he senses us all of a sudden start to lean from one side to the other, yeah, yeah, just close yourself off. Don't let anybody in. Don't let them see that. Because if they truly see who you are, they're not going to approve of who you are. They're going to prove of you. They're going to, they're going to create this separation. And uh, for this core issue, last week we talked about the core issue for uh, self-dependence or the appetite. We said the core issue was um, that fear drives us to either side. And so when we see this in Scripture, when this temptation comes about, what drives us for approval or the rejection side, what kind of pushes us, the core issue is shame. The enemy comes, and that's what he uses kind of at his core. He uses shame, and shame is a little bit of this kind of a ambiguous term, right? We can be tossed around, especially in the church world. Well, what does that really look like? What does that really mean for you and I? And we got to go all the way back to Genesis. This is so good. In Genesis chapter 3, well, it's not really good because we're talking about Anyway, but Genesis chapter 3, this is so revealing. We see in Genesis chapter 2, it ends that chapter, and it says they were naked and unashamed, right? They were unashamed. This is who I am in my most intimate moment. If we think about that, not even physically, but emotionally, mentally, I am vulnerable. This is who I, I am unashamed. And then Genesis chapter 3 comes. I want to read you this because we know the enemy comes and he begins to tempt them. And he says, did God really say, right? Did God really say you couldn't eat from that tree? Did God really say that you could not eat of that fruit? And they begin to question, and all of a sudden they go to the uh, tree of life, the knowledge of good and evil, and they eat the fruit. And all of a sudden, the Bible says their eyes are opened. And here's what their eyes were open to in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. It says, The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt what? Shame. 
at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. What did they do when they felt shame? They started to hide. They started to cover themselves. They started to say, you know what? You, this intimacy is now broken because now I feel shame because of sin, because of guilt, because of now I don't feel like you're going to approve of me. And this happens in our relationship with God and with others because here in this moment, this is in the relationship between them and God. They were unashamed. They were walking in the garden. They were physically walking with God and experienced this relationship with him. And sin entered the scene right and the enemy brought this shame and it just pounded on their hearts pounded on their minds and now that they have now that they experience shame they they were like i, I can't sh- god can't see me like this right like this is this is I, I can't handle this and this is the difference because when we become christians uh, we become which we're going to get into in a little bit fully approved by god we get to walk through jesus christ what he did on the cross we become accepted uh, by the blood of christ in relationship with god and then as Christians, though, we may still experience this shame. But here's the difference is, is we may experience conviction and conviction reminds us of our human condition, right? That I fall short, that maybe I made a mistake. And the conviction of the Holy Spirit will try to redirect us back, call it conviction of righteousness, right? To say, I'm going to get you back to God's plan. I want to restore you. But here's what shame says. Conviction says, oh, you made a mistake. Oh, you sinned here. Let's, let's fix that. Here's what shame says. You are the mistake. It keeps happening because you are not good. It keeps happening because it's all focused on you. You're the problem. You're the mistake. It can't be fixed. That's the difference. You feel the weight of shame? You cannot, right? And all of a sudden you feel that. And when we start to feel that shame, we start to feel that weight. It puts this barrier between us and God of going, God, I can't be real with you. I can't go to church and be real. If people really knew, right, if they really knew what was going on in my heart and really knew what was going on in my mind, they would not approve of me. No, they would not, right? And then the enemy tries to kick us to one side, right? I need their approval, so now I am going to act out of character to get their approval. I'm going to act whatever I need to do. I change the way I act, the way I think, the way I talk, just so that they will approve of me. Or I'm going to go to the rejection side and I'm going to be pushed over here by shame of going, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what people think. I don't care. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what I am going to do. And we experience that. And imagine, I think it's easy for us to see because now over the last maybe say 50, 50 years, is that right? So we introduced social media to the scene, right? 50 years? No? 30? Okay. Anyway, um, we, we introduced social media to the scene. And it's this opportunity, right, to where now uh, that, that, that dopamine hit of the like that comes on Instagram or that, that TikTok, of how many views are they going to approve of me? I posted that picture. It didn't get as many reviews. I didn't get it that much approval. So let me take it down. And let me post some more provocative one. Let me post something else. Let me like all of a sudden, right, it's like whatever I can do to pull me out of the character that God has called me to because I need approval. I need that. to Draw me in. I need that. And we introduced that. So that social media is not all bad, right? But the enemy will use it for bad. He'll use it to say, look, people are noticing. You need, you need that approval 
from them. But all of this could happen. It could, have, it could have started from a young age. Maybe we grew up in a home where nothing was ever good enough, where we brought home the, the grade, and it was like, oh, you got this grade, but you could have done better. Oh, you did this in sports, but you could have done this better, this better, this better, this better. You know, and, and it was never good enough. And you just felt like, I need, I need that approval. And it's carried over into adulthood. And now you walk in and you bring your boss. This is the project. This is what happens. This is what it is. And here's my project. Here's my hard work. And they come back and go, oh, but you could have done this better. You could, this is not good enough. This was right. And it carries over even into adulthood, right? And now I'll work 150 hours and neglect who I need to neglect because I need their approval. Now, I, I've got to have that. I've got to experience it. And here's the thing about these temptations. Everybody still with me? I'll walk the aisles if I need to. We'll give some high five. Anyway, um, if we get this moment, we, that's what happens with the temptations. Is that now, because I need approval, here's what I do. We'll, we'll get personal a little bit. Here's what I do. If I'm really seeking, I'm really struggling with that, then let me just work harder. That's what we're talking about next week. Let me just do more. And it's not that I want to do more, but it's the fact that if I do more, I get more approval. If I do better, then now I'm really getting that approval and I'll bounce to that. Or we'll go to the other side. I'll bounce to the appetite. I, I can do it. I just need more. If I buy this, more people will approve of me. If I have the better house, then I'm going to get into that group, that social club that I've been hoping to get into, right? And because, but the, the root may be, we need that approval. We're, we're seeking after it. We're hungry for it. And here's what the Bible says. This is, this is so uh, great here in Galatians chapter one. Easier said than done, but this is what it says. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. What Christ wants is freedom for you not to be locked in to now I have to change who God created me to be so that I can get approval from the people around me, right? I need to walk in freedom, walk in hope, walk in confidence in who God has called me to be. And now I live out of the approval that God has already given me. And I don't have to live for the approval of those who or around me. And for you and I, we have an opportunity to say, you know what? And right here, right now, I know who I am in Christ. I don't have to walk in that temptation. I don't have to walk in that heavy burden, that heavy weight of approval. And, I, and I'll tell you too, for, for me, the way the enemy comes after me, and maybe you've experienced this before, and uh, where uh, I, when I first, um, well, we'll start as a kid. You know, for me, if I really wanted attention, I realized I was good at certain things. I was good at sports or I, I was honestly, I wasn't very great at school. So I didn't get a lot of approval in that moment. But I found out if I did this on the sports field, if I did this, I would get more approval. So what did I do? Head first, everything I have, everything. I'll even change who I am, right? To become more because I'm getting more attention, right? I'm getting more approval. I'm, I'm fixing and filling that void but what happens right it happens once and we need it again it's this void that only God can fill, but we're trying to fill it with other things. And it could be, hey, I dive myself into school. Maybe your thing was grades as a kid. And yeah, I know that I'm going to bring home that 98. And when I walk in with that 98, their faces are going to light up. It's going to be, they're going to approve of who I am. And I need that approval. I, I need it to feel whole. I need it to feel enough. 
here and we feel that. And then as I got older, um, it, it becomes different in subtle ways. Because remember, as adults, like, we, we can just mask the emotion, right? Would you get too vulnerable here, too real? Is that okay? We're all family here, right? Anyway, um, so as we get older, and as I get older, I became a, a leader. And I remember coming to a church. I remember preaching for the first time. And um, if you're not careful, here's what happened for me. Uh, our sending church is a church of about 2,000 people. And so on any given Sunday, there's about 1,000 adults that you speak to. The first time I ever spoke to adults was to about a, th- a room of a thousand adults. You're talking about approval overload, right? Like the very first time you walk up and you do that and you experience that, right? And all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, where is the approval that I need? And then all of a sudden, if you're not careful, it's like, oh, well, let me say this because people are going to like this. Let me do it. And you start to change out of character, but you have to go back to the word of God. Galatians chapter one, verse 10. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. I am a servant of God. I'm a servant of his word because here's what the enemy will do. Because after that, we left, we church planning, right? And uh, for us, it's called parachute church planning, where you just start with one or two different families. And the room is not a thousand people, right? I mean, obviously, right here, we're here today. And it took this moment. And here's what the enemy did. Here's what the enemy will whisper. The temptation of shame. You're the problem. You're not a good leader. You're not a preacher. You you know, the temptation, you're not good enough. And that's the shame. And you and I have to take that moment. We have to recognize. And we remember last week, we don't argue with the devil. We don't argue with Satan. Christ has given me power. The word of God is powerful. And we believe the truth that God will give us a way out. And we go back to our identity. No, God has called me. It doesn't matter if there's one person in the room, no people in the room, right? COVID preaching to a screen. It doesn't matter who's in the room. We're going to preach and seek after the word of God. It doesn't matter when I go to work. I could be in a room by myself because I'm working for the glory of God, not for the approval of my boss, not for the approval of my co-workers. When I raise my kids, I am not raising them for the approval of the mom's club, right? Or the, the dad's club or all of these things. Look at my, look how good they are doing that because I need your approval. No, I'm raising them to be godly because I'm a servant of Christ. I don't need your approval. I have the approval of Christ. And we experience that in our life. And that's the life that God wants us to. But the battle is real. Amen. Like the battle is there. I mean, it doesn't matter. The temptation will be there. We live in a fallen and broken world and the enemy knows that. And when he can lean in and start to whisper those temptations to derail us, to get us off God's plan, you and I have to go back to the word of God and go, this is what God's word has said. And, and maybe for you, I, I don't know, I, I think that different people, uh, the temptation may be stronger in other areas. Maybe for you it's appetite. Maybe uh, for you it's approval today. Or maybe uh, next week we're going to talk about ambition. Maybe it's what I do. Whatever it may be, uh, we experience that. But I want to take us back as I get ready to close here today is, um, I want to go back to Ephesians chapter 2. And I just want to read verses 8 through 10 because I believe if this is a temptation for you, this is something we need to have ingrained in us and through us. Galatians 1.10 is great to have that on hand to be able to come back to experience who I am and the approval that I have from God. But Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Everybody good? Amen. Verse 8 it says, God saved you 
by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. What an amazing piece of scripture, right? I am saved by the grace of God. And now, even though I have sinned, even though I fall short, if you want to go back and read about our human condition, read one through seven. It says we are spiritually dead, right? And we are separated from God. But when we believe, place our faith in Jesus, Jesus and God doesn't look at us in our shame and in our sin, but he looks at us through the lens of Jesus and through what Christ did on the cross. And he says, that is my son whom I am well pleased. I approve of him. I approve of Jacob, not because of who Jacob is, but because of who Jesus is and that he has placed his faith in Christ. And now my relationship with God is restored. And now I, if I keep that truth strong in my heart, Anytime shame tries to come and say, you're not good enough. You can't do it. You bring up Ephesians 2.10. It says that what? It says, for we are God's masterpiece. I mean, put that in an enemy's face, right? Like, no, you are bad. You are not good enough. You can't make it. You are inherently bad. You and I can say, I may be, but look, because of Christ, I am his masterpiece. Because of Christ, look at what where God has placed me. I am a co-heir in Christ. I am a royal priesthood. I am set free in Christ. Not only that, this is, this is the gospel. This is so good. He has created us anew. I am a new creation in Christ so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us to do. Now I live in God's will and God's plan, not for the seeking of approval. No, I'm already approved by God. I'm living from approval and now I can begin to walk in the good works that God has called me to because I'm not going to be swayed or enticed to one gutter or the other gutter, right? I can walk confidently in the God, the plan that God's called me to because I am approved by God. You and I, we walk in that hope. We walk in that freedom. And so today, I'm going to end a little early because we're going to do a communion here at the end of the message. And we're going to have some time to, to worship together and pray together. So um, as we think about this and as we think about approval, you and I, if we are carrying the weight of approval today, it's heavy. I know because I've carried it. Right? You carry that weight of approval. And I, my prayer for you all this week as I'm studying and preparing for this message is, God, I hope that people walk away taking the weight of approval and they place it at the feet of Jesus. And they walk out of this place in freedom. They walk out of this place in hope. And they're clinging to the scripture that I am created anew in Christ Jesus. I am his masterpiece. And it may not happen right there in the moment, but you and I, we carry that with us. We repeat that because the end enemy is going to try to add more weight and more weight and more weight. You need to do more. You need to get more. You need to get that approval. And you're going, no, I'm taking the weight off today. I don't need the approval of anybody else. I'm coming to the feet of Jesus. I need the approval of Jesus today and to walk in that freedom. So my, my hope, my prayer is that you leave it at the feet of Jesus today. Don't carry it out of here. Don't carry it into your home. 
into your parenting. Don't carry it into your marriage. Don't carry it into your workplace. Don't carry it into your friendships. Don't carry it into social media. Walk in the hope of Christ. This is the good news. Amen. This is what Christ has given us. The hope of glory. And it's for every person who will accept the grace of God. And what a, what a maybe better full, uh, better full, that's not even a word, a more beautiful reminder for you and I than to partake in communion together. When Christ says, do this in remembrance of me, that's what he wants us to remember. He's saying, hey, no, no, the enemy's coming at you with that. I paid for that. Oh, you made a mistake? I paid for that. Give it to me. Oh, you, you thought that this week? Give me that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, you need this generational healing? Lay it at my feet. I paid for that too. I made you anew a in Christ to, to carry that legacy on. And, and what a beautiful reminder for you and I. I maybe you carry the weight. I, I, I felt like I've been doing this and thinking this. And, I, and maybe I have this relationship and I need the approval of that guy or that girl. Lay that at the feet of Jesus. You don't need that approval from them. You come enough in Christ into that relationship, right? And what a beautiful picture for you and I to remember that Christ died for that. And so we're going to, I'm going to invite the worship team up. And we're going to sing a response song. And so we're going to do um, a little different for communion. We have two tables up here. And uh, I'm going to pray here in just a minute. And I invite you, if you'd like to partake in communion, um, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is something that we do. And you can come up and just take one of these. But I want to take this together. So during the response song, just grab one and you want to head back to your seat and hold on to it because I'm going to come back up during the song and we'll take communion together. Um, for us, we use grape juice. And this is a symbol that represents uh, the blood that was shed on the cross for you and I. And then we see we have a wafer on top there, and that represents the body of Christ, which was broken for you. And as we eat that and as we drink that, we remember what Christ did for us, that we don't have to fight for approval. We live from approval. So let's pray, then I invite you to come down, grab that. Uh, and one of the things we're doing during this series as well, I told you I was closing. I got like 12, so okay. Um, one of the things we're doing during this series too, I invite you, if you'd love to have prayer, uh, you can come up during this response song, and uh, this is, I know this is a slate floor, but maybe you, there's, there's something about the physical act of kneeling before God, and maybe you want to do that today. You can do that here. Maybe you want to, I encourage you to try that at your home, maybe before you go to bed, or, because there's something that, that humbles us about getting on our knees before God, of going, God, I, I've been carrying this weight of approval, but I, I'm tired of carrying it. I need you to take it from my life. I need you to, to help me in this. Maybe you want prayer from someone here. Um, I'm going to be available, or uh, maybe somebody in the Connect Center is going to be available there. Uh, you can always go there and receive prayer for that as well. But to be able to surrender that to God. Let's pray, then I invite you to come down and, and uh, grab communion. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. God, thank you so much for what you've done for us on the cross. God, I pray that if anybody in this room, maybe listening online, is carrying the weight of the approval of those who are around us, God, and maybe it feels like it's going to crush us, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will bind the enemy in their life, and I pray that they know that there is a way out, and his name is Jesus. And I pray that we place our trust, our faith in you, God. I pray that we can lay that temptation down at your feet, and we remember what your word says, God, that we are your masterpiece. We are created anew.
that you have good works that you've planned long ago for each individual that can hear my voice, God. I pray that we uh, can take that weight off and live free in you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.